0: Welcome along to another journey on the London Vlogger podcast with me, Stu, where I take you on some of London's most famous and lesser-known walking routes to discover the capital's history and sights. If you'd like to read all my walks, they're available at www.londonvlogger.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. Today's walk begins at St Paul's Cathedral, and takes me through the Financial District of Bank as I explore Mansion House, the Royal Exchange, and the Bank of England, before finishing near Moorgate in Finsbury Circus. My journey begins at St Paul's Cathedral, which has had a dedication to Paul the Apostle on its site since AD 604. The cathedral we see today is at least the fourth to have stood on this site. It was created by one of Britain's most famous architects, Sir Christopher Wren, between 1675 and 1710, with its predecessor having been destroyed in the Great Fire of London in 1666. The cathedral stands at 365 feet high, which made it the tallest building in London from 1710 all the way through to 1963, which is remarkably small when you consider the Shard as the tallest building, now at over 1,000 feet. After Liverpool Cathedral, St Paul's is the second largest church building in the UK, and has one of the most distinctive domes in the world. The area surrounding St Paul's is also steeped in history, with the Paninoster Square sitting opposite the cathedral. It can trace its origins back to medieval Paninoster Row, where St Paul's clergy would hold rosary beads and recite the Paninoster, or Lord's Prayer, which Paninoster translates as Our Father, whilst walking through the area. The square is 70,000 metres squared of office space, retail outlets and CAFs. Standing at the entrance of the square is the Temple Bar Arch, which was constructed also by Sir Christopher Wren, this time between 1669 and 1672. Its name derives from the gateway's original position near the Temple Law Courts and displays its four original states, Charles I, Charles II, James I and Queen Anne of Denmark, and was carved by John Bushnell. It was one of the eight original city gateways; the others being Allgate, Aldersgate, Bishopgate, Cripplegate, Ludgate, Moorgate, and Newgate. The Temple Bar Gate is actually the only one of these gates that has survived, with the others being demolished by the end of the eighteenth century. However, by eighteen seventy-eight, it had become too expensive to maintain and caused traffic congestion. This led to it being dismantled, though in 1880 Sir Henry Moore bought all the stones and rebuilt it as his gateway to his park and mansion at Theobalds Park, located near Enfield. In 1984, the gates were purchased by the Temple Bar Trust from Moore Trust, and in 2004 it was returned from Theobalds Park and re-erected at the entrance to Paninoster Square. Another notable landmark in the square is the Paninoster Column which stands at 23.3 metres tall and was erected in 2008. Another notable feature of the Paninoster Square is the London Stock Exchange, which has been located within it and was founded in 1801. From Paninoster Square and St Paul's, I take a short walk to the rather pleasant area known as Festival Gardens just outside St Paul's Cathedral. First laid in 1951 by Sir Alfred Richardson, For the Corporation of London's contribution to the Festival of Britain, it is based over once bombed, damaged land from the Second World War. The gardens include a wall fountain which was a gift from the Worshipful Company of Gardeners. Also, erected in 1973, the sculpture in the garden is that of The Young Lovers by George Ilrich. The gardens provide a perfect view of St Paul's and across the rest of the surrounding area. From the tranquil gardens and splendour of St Paul's, my walk takes me on to my next destination, Bank. Within the vicinity of the Bank area, there are three famous landmarks, Mansion House, the Royal Exchange, and the Bank of England. The Mansion House was completed in 1758 as a residence for Lord Mayors to undertake their work as heads of the city's governmental, judicial, and civic duties. Before the Mansion House was constructed, They used to have to do these functions in their own houses or halls, a true working from home initiative you'd say. Designed by George Dance the Elder, this Grade 1 listed building is in the heart of the city, right next to the Bank Tube station. Today the house has a collection of plates and art, including sculptures and 84 Dutch paintings of the Harold Samuel art collection. Just a slight stroll from the mansion house takes me to another synonymous financial part of Bank, The Royal Exchange. The origins of the Royal Exchange date back to 1566, when a wealthy merchant by the name of Sir Thomas Gresham established London's first purpose built centre for trading stocks. Its design was based on the world's oldest financial exchange, the Bourse, in Antwerp, Belgium. It was officially opened by Queen Elizabeth I in 1571, and one thing to note is that if you ever wanted a drink there, you could as it was awarded a licence to sell alcohol. Two additional floors were added to the original trading floor in 1660 to house retail businesses. However, in 1666, the Great Fire of London destroyed it, and it took three years for it to be reopened. The 1669 site was designed by city surveyor Edward German. Amazingly, and by shocking coincidence, the new Royal Exchange was destroyed by a fire too in 1838, which was most likely caused by the overheated stove in Lloyd's Coffee House on the nearby Lombard Street. It was certainly third time lucky in 1844, when the current Royal Exchange was built and designed by Sir William Tite. Traders moved out of the building after the Second World War, which left it disused for several decades. The London International Financial Futures Exchange moved into the building in 1982, which meant trading returned there. By 2001 architect Orquette Fitzroy Robinson remodelled it and turned it into a luxury shopping and dining destination. Today the Royal Exchange is one of the London's leading landmarks which has kept its retail theme with boutique shops and dining offerings. To the side of the Royal Exchange sits the Bank of England which was founded in 1694 and was initially to act as the government's banker and debt manager. It's the central bank of the UK With its Monetary Policy Committee responsible for setting the economy's base rate and interest rates. Back in 1688, there were calls for a national or public bank to mobilise the nation's resources, given that businesses were flourishing, though money and credit systems were weak. Scottish entrepreneur William Paterson invited the public to invest in a new project and in just a few weeks, £1.2 million was invested to form the initial capital stock of the Bank of England. This was lent to the government in return for a Royal Charter, which was sealed on the 27th of July 1694, and the bank became the government's banker and debt manager. During the 1920s and 1930s, the bank was redesigned by Sir Herbert Baker, while surviving several bombs during the Blitz. In 1946, it was nationalised and subsequently came under the ownership of the government, rather than private stockholders. Full responsibility for monetary policy was transferred to the Bank of England in 1997. Today, as well as being the UK's central bank to maintain monetary and financial stability, a free museum of its history is inside too. After taking in all that financial jargon, it's time to get some peaceful rest and my final location on today's walk can provide just that as I head to Finsbury Circus in Moorgate. The gardens were created in 1815 by William Montague and George Dance the Younger on the site that was originally part of the Finsbury Manor, a campaign led by Alphus Morton to make the park public succeed in the early 20th century having been a private space for the surrounding buildings. The bandstand in the gardens has been there since 1955 and is a wonderful addition to the tranquil setting. So my journey today has seen how the Great Fire of London played its part in the reconstruction of some of the capital's most iconic buildings and how London's banking district plays its part in both the city and the UK's history. Now before I end the show, I'd love to give a shout out to a listener called Ignazi from Barcelona who sent me a lovely email saying, Hi Stu, I'm Ignazi from Barcelona. And I have to say that I've just discovered your London Vlogger podcast thanks to Spotify and I'm amazed. I've always loved the UK because of your culture, especially London. Three years ago I had the opportunity to move there temporarily as I was offered an Erasmus at the University of Leeds and while living in the UK I visited London several times. Something that delighted me is the fact that being a tourist the city made me feel like a Londoner after some visits. During my last visit I moved around the city without needing maps or help as i just enjoyed getting lost while discovering some spots for me were hidden gems since i moved back to barcelona i've been collecting different books about london london's history and curiosities and other fields related to the city three years after my last visit and not knowing when i'll be able to go to london again because of the pandemics i'm sitting on my couch listening to your podcast I feel like I'm walking through the fascinating streets of London. I have lots of memories and all of them are absolutely great. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to virtually visit the city. And greetings from Barcelona. And if you ever visit my city, the first pint is on me. Well, what a lovely message from Ignazi. Thank you so much. And there will definitely probably be a Barcelona vlogger uh, version Sunday. And if you've got any memories of London or you want to get in touch with me for any reason... You can get in touch with me at londonvlogger at gmail.com or message me on social media. I'm at London Vlogger on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Well, thanks for joining me and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. Until next time, stay safe and well and I look forward to you joining me on more of my walking adventures soon.